This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. And here we are. Let me say is, uh, if it played this morning, uh, I intended to ask you this question during Glenn's show by way of recording it last night which is a helpless proposition, right? Because it was last night. And that is, wait a second, has everything changed since I'm recording this? Of course it has. Why should today be any different? It is TikTok, baby. And we're living and making history very tossed. Welcome back, my broadcast and life partners here on the Blaze Radio Network. Together we are the Blaze Radio Network for the next two hours where there will not be a wasted or unimportant, and I hope never humorless, second. one 3393 As always, you are vested partners in this show. I welcome your commentary, criticism, suggestion, and other bon mot, as you may feel appropriate, contributory to the excellence of this show. one 3393 We appropriately start where we stopped last evening, only with the evolution of the story, and that is Sarah Palin endorses Donald Trump. Now, in the next five minutes, we're going to consider more about that endorsement. And it may, and we may talk about it for the next two hours, or we may not. But in the next five minutes, we're going to consider more about that question than anybody else anywhere else in media, that I know of anyway, has. And that is, when I ask you, when I ask myself the question, as, as I did, as I have, as I, I must, and as I ask you the question, what do you make of the endorsement? What are your impressions of the endorsement? You, as the most thoughtful audience in radio, unlike some other audiences, I think 
will first ask yourself, well, what do you mean, what do I mean? You know, what do you, what do you mean, what do I make of it? In what regard? Because when Sarah Palin endorses Trump under the extant circumstances, and most always uh, when there's an endorsement, we have to ask ourselves, how do we, just like a debate, right? Like we're the only ones that do the pre-analysis. What are the things that X, Y, or Z has to do tonight in order to claim that he or she has succeeded? You know, what do they need to do to move forward? You know, what do they need to do to prevent moving backward? You know, and that's how you know how to score a debate in advance. Later, we sit down and we say, okay, we know what they needed to do. Did they do that? Right? Okay. What do you make of the Palin endorsement? Uh, This is derivative of all logical thinking, which itself is derivative of old American vaudeville and the oldest known joke to mankind. Good morning, Chuck. Say, how's your wife? Compared to who? Okay. What do you make of the Palin endorsement? Well, do you mean, what do I mean of, what do I make of the content? Like what she said? What do I make of the sentiments the statements, the claims, the uh, endorsements, the uh, criticisms of others. What do I make of the content of Palin's remarks? And or do you mean what do I make of the presentation of the endorsement? What she looked like, what it sounded like, what Overall, it represented as a as a presentation. We go to the car showroom. You know, if it were about gas mileage, they would have a sign on the floor and it would say, you know, Chevy Impala, 26 miles, city, you know, 34 country. There'd be no car because that's all you'd care about. Well, there's presentation and that car is on the showroom floor and it's all buffed and shined and. It smells nice. It smells like a new car. And, you know, okay. So there's presentation. What do I make of the Palin endorsement? Well, Jay, do you mean content and or presentation and or the reaction to that endorsement? Because after all, if we don't know, don't talk about, don't assess the reaction then the content doesn't really matter. The presentation doesn't really matter because only the net reaction matters, which leads us to, Jay, do you mean, what do I make of the Palin endorsement? Do you mean, what do I make of the content and or presentation and or reaction and or the net value? Is it a net value? Do more people now support the endorsed than did so before the endorser made the endorsement? Are more people going to, not what they think today, not what they thought last night, 
are more people, bottom line, going to caucus or in other states, by virtue of this endorsement, vote for Donald Trump because of Sarah Palin's endorsement? Is it a net positive for him? Because without that, it doesn't matter what the overall reaction or the presentation or the content is, right? Jay, what do I make of the Palin endorsement? Do you mean the content, the presentation, the reaction, whether there's a net value or whether there's a downside? This is the sibling question to, is it a net value? Or what's its net value? Is it a thumbs up? Is it a thumbs down? Does he gain out of 10 votes? Does he gain four but lose six? Because without knowing whether there's a downside, we can't know the net value. And therefore, the reaction, presentation, and content don't matter. And and finally, what do we make of the Palin endorsement? Do we mean its content? Do we mean the presentation? Do we mean the reaction among voters? Do we mean the net value? Do we mean the downside, if any? Or do we mean the overall politics of the endorsement? The overall, Palin endorses Trump and does so, you know, nine days out in Iowa. What does that mean politically? What does it mean in theory? What does it mean at first glance? What does it mean all put together? Because those, my friends, are the elements of how, and the only way, intelligent folks can answer the question, what do you make of the Palin endorsement? What do you think of its content? What do you think of the way it was presented? How do you score the presentation? What do you think is the reaction? So far, that means the media and you, other members of your family, people you may have talked to. What do you think the net value of the endorsement is? Is there a downside that maybe wipes out that value. And lastly, the overall politics of this. They are all the same question, but they are all different elements that make up the same question and answer. And so my question for you today at one 3393 at least the first one is, don't you love this? That's not really not the question, but don't you love this? Is, what did you make of the Palin endorsement? The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up 
to 50% on washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. On the Blaze Radio Network, one 3393 Last night when most, well, check that, most Americans didn't know, didn't care, didn't ask each other. Sorry, withdraw and rephrase. Uh, among the Americans who asked themselves and perhaps one another last evening, today, gee, the Palin endorsement of Trump. I wonder what to make of that. Even the people sufficiently thoughtful to be curious about that, I'll bet most of them didn't break it down, as we already have, uh, not to criticize them. I mean, again, this is, you know, this is why you're you. It's why you pay me to do what I do. And that is, you can't answer the question. It's like saying, well, you know, I, I see you went, you went out on a date last night. What did you think of her? Oh, I mean, okay. You know, if you don't want to have a conversation, you could just say she was okay. That certainly doesn't give the give the questioner any information. <laughs> you know, you know. You say, well, what do you mean? What do you know? What do you, what do you, what do you mean exactly? You know, or maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe that's the jailhouse lawyer in me. I don't know. But what do you make of the Palin endorsement? Do you mean the content, the presentation, the reaction, the net value? The downside, the politics. I, I admit that some of those may be uh, a, a bit uh, repetitive or step on each other's toes a bit, but all of those occur to me. Do they occur to you? Karen from L.A., welcome. Hi. Uh, Hi. Remember me? I called you during Thanksgiving, and I gave what you called the tutorial at the de- Thanksgiving table about the m ms Okay. I do. Okay. Who could who could forget the M M&M and M theory? Oh, okay. Um, very quickly, uh, I think it's a net negative for the Trumpster, and this is why I say that what we have here. Okay, what she said last night. I mean, you have to really think very carefully. You had two reality television show performers palling you know, patting each other on the back here. What she said was, for me, it was like all over the map. I I can't, I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that, okay, this woman was, the only reason why I voted, like, say, in 2008 for McCain is because she was his running mate, and she was probably, like, I I thought, the conservative standard bearer. Mm. I'm thinking she... For her to 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 line up behind Donald, it, it, it just it just blows my mind because she was the small government person, at least I thought. Right. I e conservative. Conservative. I can't. Yeah. I, I can't get past that. And for her to, you know, just throw Ted under the bus like that. And I just, I just, I, I think it's a net negative. Now, it, as far as Iowa is concerned, I think that 
Ted is going to win Iowa. I think he's going to take it. I'm going to call that because the Iowans, you know, they want you to come to dinner with them in all 90 right. plus the, the, counties. The, the joke about and, Iowa caucusers and to, to a, a secondary but close degree about New Hampshire voters is what do you think of McCain? Or, you know, any put in any candidate's name. You know, what do you think of Jones? And the answer in Iowa is, don't know, only met him twice. Right, right. And so I'm thinking uh, the Iowans, do you think they're going to, you know, leave their warm house? I mean, in the droves that they've come to see him in all of these these town halls and all these arena settings, that all these people that have been in these arenas, at least as far as I know, I haven't seen... Donald frequent Iowa as much as say like uh, you know like New Hampshire or some of the other places. Well, no, he, ha- he hasn't. That's that get that gives us Cruz's line. You know, uh, Donald, you're not going to win Iowa from right, a, right. a TV studio in Manhattan because that's not how it's done. And in fact, right, right. it's it's traditionally not how it's done. That's why mm-hmm. Rick Santorum made such a big deal. Who who won last time, mm-hmm. by the way, in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a big deal of of having uh, a headquarters, such as they were, in all 99 counties and having visited, campaigned in all 99 counties of Iowa. Mm -hmm. Now, again, it doesn't mean it will always be so, but... No. But I'm just thinking, you know, like, for instance, uh, Sarah's content, I think it was um, all over the map, kind of. I mean, she was, you know, just spouting off the same things that she, what I used to think she stood for, and then her presentation was not, well, it was just, it was just quintessential. (laughs) Karen, may I share with you, since you were kind enough to gift me with the uh, uh, M&M theory, may I I give you my bumper sticker uh, analysis of the presentation element of this? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Quote. Barely coherent, yet very poorly delivered. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying. Yeah, that, I totally agree with you on that. And as she's far the as worst. The, she's not. She's not Benjamin Disraeli. No, you know, on a good night. No. But no. but she can be coherent. She's capable of it. In fact, today in Tulsa, she was right. coherent. She was as okay. good. Big big asterisk here. She was as good as she can be. Today okay. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Last okay. night, she was incoherent. She, exactly. She, That's what I thought. I, I, I would, haven't heard if her you were a police her. officer and her name were not Sarah Palin, and you pulled her over and you asked her to step out of the car, and mm-hmm. she spoke for a minute like she spoke last night, mm-hmm. you would radio in and say, "I got a tweaker here. Send another unit by." Yeah, I, I, I got, I got someone something. blowing crack here. You know, I need her crank. You know, I need, I need, we need to make an arrest. I mean, she was like a like a, a, a gnat, a gnat on crack when she took the stage yeah. last night. And, and she yeah. can't be, as I say, she was as good as she could be today. Last night, Karen, she was the worst I've ever seen her. That's exactly the way I feel. And I can however, see the... However, yeah. however, to the mm-hmm. people who might be influenced by her mm-hmm. at that location at this moment, mm-hmm. I don't think they share our assessment. That's true, because I think the reaction of the media, the media and um, 
was, I mean, these are the, this is, remember, this is the same crowd that, what, eight years ago dismissed this woman, savaged this woman, savaged her family, savaged her husband, savaged everything that she was campaigning for. May I mention one other thing? I'm sorry to keep cutting in, but may I mention one other thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of the things that I thought that Trump has said so far that offended me deeply without, you know, trying to pretend at it, be melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, you may recall the thing that I found profoundly disturbing and deeply offensive was when he physically mimicked and mocked a well-known New York Times reporter, whom I happen to, to know, a New York Times reporter who has cerebral palsy. Do you remember that moment? Yes, 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 I do, I do. And that was do you, just do you know what? atrocious. And and as we think about that, do we recall a famous politician's family who has a, a cerebral child? That would be uh, Sarah Palin, her Sarah youngest. Sarah Palin. How about that? So look look at the bodies we're willing to step over in, not we, but look at the poli- mm-hmm. look look at the mm-hmm. bodies politicians are willing to step over, including. Yeah family members in effect you know in order to play politics and and again who will know this who will remember this uh, Mm -hmm. other than you know us right now but i find that i mean if she's what does she say i didn't know that would be the most offensive thing of all you know that would make her in total ignoramus exactly all right i i karen you you have a beautiful call uh hard to top m&ms but you may have uh, Karen from L.A., ladies and gentlemen. Lori, Jesse, Mark, et al. Up in a second. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jay Severin Show. These are my partners. one 3393 Before we rejoin partners on the phone, two things real quickly. I meant to say to Karen, great call, Karen. I meant to say to Karen and all of you, uh, I, in these elements I've offered you, there are too many of them, and I don't want you to feel daunted by them. So that was for the purposes of my breaking it down, you know, to, to the sort of ultra point. I think, I think we ought to reduce this for the per- – it's up to you. You have the option to ignore this list entirely or this rationale entirely or to add your own elements, whatever. You know that. But I would suggest we reduce this to three elements for the purposes of, you know, more direct and simple analysis here. Sarah Palin's endorsement. What do you think of A, its content, and or B, the presentation, the delivery, and or C, the net value? Was it a net plus or a net negative or will prove to be for Trump? 
What about the content, the delivery, and the value? Those seem to me to be the quintessence. Secondly, Karen mentioned, you know, will Iowans really come out for this guy? Will they caucus for him? Will they come out in the cold and all that? That's the question. That's why a a Cruz win in Iowa is so critical for Cruz, but so profound for Trump. Because it doesn't surprise me that Trump can win in a state where he can win by advertising or by celebrity. But to win in Iowa, where you have to get people to stand out, go outside, go to the church basement, stay there for three hours, listen to people's arguments, all of whom they think are tedious when other people are making them, and to caucus is a very different thing than to pull up, leave the motor running, and to run in and vote school and then run out takes 10 minutes. Can can Trump get that level of commitment? Does that show up in the polls? And that was the second thing I wanted to say. Iowa has not picked a winner in 20 years. Let me repeat. Iowa has not picked a winner in 20 years. The polls in Iowa have shown unreliably for 20 years who's going to win. In addition to which, Iowans have not picked a winner in 20 years, meaning the winner in Iowa has not gone on to win the presidency in 20 years. I don't know how many have gone on to win the nomination, but it's been 20 years since one went on to win presidency. So don't forget, Iowa gets an awful lot of attention, maybe a lot of it undue, because they are first. They haven't picked a winner in 20 years. So even though for tactical reasons it seems like heaven and earth right now to win Iowa, and maybe it is, but in the grand scheme of things, repeat after me. They haven't picked a winner in 20 years. Laurie from Texas. Welcome. Hey, Jay. How's it going? Uh, uh, good to hear from you. Thank you. I've just been chilling and uh, kicking back and just taking everything in these last couple of months. And well, I the question is to be, night- you need to be chilling and billing. You've got to bill someone for that time, Laurie. <laughs> well... I found uh, the endorsement to be really interesting last night, and I look at it this way. Um, It could be a kind of one of those brilliant, uh, strategic, pinpoint strikes for Trump, because when she uh, mentioned Rand Paul, that surprised me, because I know Trump hates Rand Paul. And well, and it surprised me because I thought if she was going to mention anybody as a consolation prize, it would have been Cruz. Yeah, I don't think she wanted to trash Cruz, so. But no, just but but the fact I that she I, went I, with Trump instead of Cruz really did surprise me. So, but I'm I don't know how uh, how you feel well, look, about not that, everyone but, remembers or has reason to remember as you do as a Texan, how hard and fully committed mm-hmm. and omnipresent on the campaign trail mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Palin was for Ted Cruz in his Senate race. She made the difference. Oh, she, absolutely. she claims it. He admits mm-hmm. it. Most mm-hmm. people I know in Texas say, oh, yeah, no Palin, no Senator Cruz. And mm-hmm. this was you know, not a long time ago. This is not 20 years ago. Right, you know, this right. is recent political history. And all of a sudden... 
a guy that, you know, that she hardly knows? I mean, I, I you know, I, you know, relatively speaking. So, um, you know. So what does it mean, Laurie? What's it going to mean? Well, I think uh, the the other uh, good thing for Trump is she is a very good uh, counterpuncher like he is. And she's tough, and she can take whatever the media or anyone uh, throws at her. And that's a plus. That's that's good. She's a very, well, very in, good In her case, frankly, as, as, as a, a political veteran, I would say to you candidly, don't tell anyone else, because I'm not sure I want to say this on the air to all of America <laughs> on the record here, but <clears throat> if uh, if Sarah Palin hit me or bit me, I would be much more concerned about rabies than the than than getting knocked out by the blow, you know. So, I, I, uh, well, I liked her line about the uh, political correctness suicide vest. I thought that was a little smart. Oh, I, I hey, that. you know what? I haven't mentioned to you my review, and I won't until asked. And don't and don't don't that doesn't mean you don't get to ask me now because you're going to think that means I want you to ask me. So I won't until asked address these elements i will before the end of the show if no one asks me but i didn't tell you what i thought of the content so far my only analysis or or, or opinion commentary has been uh, of her delivery her presentation which i thought was again barely coherent yet poorly delivered uh (laughs) but i'll tell you one thing i think this does mean laurie and i thank you so much for the call Uh, uh, a treat as always and this is something i want very much to, to discuss with if only briefly it's maybe the most important thing we'll discuss this year and that is and we've discussed it before many times we discussed it yesterday but i want to make it from a slightly different angle today do conservatives rule the roost anymore in republican primaries can other than a conservative can someone who is demonstrably more conservative lose to someone who's not only less conservative, not only not conservative, but probably at best a moderate like Rockefeller Republican or maybe half half a liberal. Is that possible in a Republican primary for president? Is, is, is there any evidence uh, one way or the other on this matter since court was in session yesterday? Well, Laurie et al., I would say this, who is Palin's godfather? The answer is Senator John McCain, the most liberal Republican in the United States Senate, the most liberal Republican that we have had in a hundred years run as the Republican nominee. Today, the most best-known, most influential Republican in Republican politics, Senator John McCain. He, 20 years ago, he couldn't have gotten, you know this this doofus on the in the Democrat vote? What's his name? McCall? I, I, I really can't remember his name. The former mayor of Baltimore, who's polling under 1% right now. That's where McCain would be in a Republican primary 20 years ago. Yet, you're Donald Trump. You want to win the Republican primary for president. You're running in the Republican primary. 
And who do you bring in as your first, only, biggest endorsement nine days before the first primary? You bring in Sarah Palin, whose political godfather and maybe allegiance, at least it was recently, is to the most liberal Republican in American politics. Now, I'm not saying Sarah Palin is liberal or, you know, necessarily shares McCain's views, but, you know, you know, Sarah Palin as a rock rib libertarian constitutionalist. And I, you know, and someone would have to explain that to her, of course, but I don't get it. I've never gotten it. I've never gotten it. But I, you know, so I admit there is a bit of a prejudice here, at least in the absence of getting it. And right now, you know, I think Sarah Palin, I think John McCain. And forget what I think, uh, except for this. What I think is, if conservatism still is the number one criterion for winning a Republican primary then why do you bring in John McCain's running mate as your first most important endorsement? Just a question. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. I believe, partners, it has been since said around the campus, but the first place I heard it said, and uh, I therefore believe the first place you heard it said, unless you said it first, because you're the only other one who would have said it first, I said uh, a couple of weeks after Donald Trump became a player in this election. And that is, from what I hear, he is a populist, not a conservative. And one of the great Trojan horses of American politics is populists who present themselves as conservatives without ever making the claim, per se, the great, and by that I mean the great, I don't mean the good, but I mean the great, the famous, the infamous, Huey Long of Louisiana <clears throat> comes to mind, and others. The Hall of Fame of populists in the United States, without fail, were thought to be conservative. I don't say that Donald Trump is incapable of conservatism. I don't say that I don't believe in conversions. I believe for my own sake in conversions and second chances and all that. I'm not saying Donald Trump is not capable of coming to reasonable conclusions on policy and politics that would please us because he's basically fundamentally now kind of thinks like we do. I'm not saying those things are impossible. I'm saying that anyone who claims that that is Donald Trump so far in life is, as the lawyers say, as the lawyers object, you're asking us to assume facts 
not yet in evidence. Let me say again, you're asking us to assume facts not yet in evidence. There is evidence, and again, that's why I asked the question about conservatism. Does it matter anymore? I mean, again, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. If it doesn't, I'm going to shut up. Uh, We'll go on. Uh, If it does matter, then the thing that I'm having trouble with is, if it does matter, that is conservatism, you've got in Ted Cruz a proven lifelong conservative of in every conceivable way and in in Trump you've got blind faith you've got someone who goes out of his way not to mention conservative or conservative principles or and and, and he's just saying don't worry don't worry I'll make us great again just shut up. Don't worry about it. Jesse from Oklahoma. Welcome. Doing, Jay? Hey, Jesse. Can you hear me? I have that pleasure. Can, can, you, can you hear me? Okay, good. Uh, so on, I'll get straight to your, your ADC uh, content. I heard uh, Charlie Brown's teacher <laughs> and presentation. It was just Donald Trump and plus or minus. Uh, I I believe it. I, I honestly, sadly, I believe it got him a couple of points in the polls. I, I do. I think it'll get him a couple of points in the polls. I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a home run. I don't think it was a slam dunk. But it was. Uh, right. I think it'll get him a couple of points in the polls, which is something that Donald Trump wants right now. He, he needs sure. the momentum. Uh, but, Jesse, good, uh, but good, thinking, good thinking, and let me add, if I may, to that and say, on that last point, more precisely said, I don't think it helped Trump. I do think it helped Trump, but I don't think it helped Trump nearly as much as it wounded Cruz. You, you, know, you well, think about it. What, yeah. and, and I and I, I have to jet, I'm sorry for the timing, it's my fault. Please call back uh, tomorrow if you're able or as soon as possible. Uh, but uh, in closing of this hour, let me say, yesterday was as bad a day, I know, I've been through a hundred of them uh, with candidates. Yesterday's as bad a day as you could have as a candidate for Ted Cruz. It hurt Cruz, the Palin endorsement, more than it helped Trump. The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Partners, we are the Blaze Radio Network, Excelsior. My dear friends, my radio partners, I am Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network, the JLE News. <clears throat> Today's edition, one 888 900 
the Palin endorsement of Trump has generated a volume of calls seen maybe 10 times a year on the show. And I'm very proud of you for that. Because I'm recognizing what I think is uh, an immediate, huge, well, it's Trump, it's huge, uh, political story. I opened the show by saying the elements of the Palin endorsement are many to consider. But again, rather than to get into all of those elements, it was really just to say there are many elements. Content, presentation, delivery, reaction, value, downside, politics. Like, you know... Is you is or is you ain't my conservative, as someone has just tweeted me. I'm sorry, I'll get your name in a minute here when I scroll down. But I I think we can reduce it. or And you may have an entirely different thing you want to talk about, which is fine. Or an entirely different way to approach it. Beautiful. But as for Palin's endorsement, I would say content, presentation, and net value are probably the three dimensions it serves us best and are more, more, most interesting to consider. There is one other element I wish to add, and, I, and I'll go to the phones. <clears throat> what does Palin get? Why did Palin do it? Why did Sarah... step over the badly injured body of Ted Cruz, which body was injured only because Sarah Palin threw it in front of the train she was riding. Why did she then walk through the train and jump on the injured body, uh, step over it to endorse Trump, who, and again, I don't mean to make a too big a deal out of this, but... If I found Donald Trump's savage mockery up on the podium, his savage mockery of a victim of cerebral palsy who happens to be a New York Times reporter, and Donald Trump, as you, for a lot of reasons, I hope you haven't seen it, but for a lot of reasons, I hope you have. Donald Trump, like, mimicking a, you know, a spastic movement and 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 a <clears throat> an inability to speak uh, uh, normally, and just you know the the thing that you know if you did it in fourth grade, it would be bad. If you did it as an adult, it would be far worse. If you did it knowing that you sought the office of presidency and you were in front of cameras? Inexplicable. Sarah Palin's own daughter suffers from the same or a similar malady. What could she have thought when she saw Donald Trump up on the stage, savagely mocking victim of a disability? I don't know, but I guess not much, because yesterday she stepped on Ted Cruz's head and maybe over some other bodies and ascended the stage to deliver an endorsement for Donald Trump, which I think is 
is meaningful, uh, is significant, will have an impact, despite the fact that uh, the presentation itself was mortifyingly incoherent, yet really poorly delivered. Jacob from Florida, thank you for your patience. Hey, Jay, thanks for taking my call. My pleasure, sir. Uh, I would like to answer one element of the endorsement as well as the conservatives ruling the roost and actually tie them together. Sure. And actually say sure. that uh, this could hurt Cruz more than it helps Trump. I, yeah, I do I feel like, w- without any data really to prove it, I do feel like um, the endorsement could bump Trump a little bit uh, on the positive side. I think there's a second element that gets missed a lot, which is, as you're aware of, Cruz has, if you look at the backstory on the polls, is a lot of people's number two guy, and that includes a lot of Trump's people. Uh, and so the connection I want to draw here is I think you're right that populism is, uh, there's a group of people that are populist that we've been fighting alongside with for many years, and the split has been drawn now. And I think there's a huge risk uh, with this endorsement of Cruz supporters like myself starting to spit venom and creating a real rift between those two factions, which could, I think ultimately would really do damage to Cruz. Uh, I don't know what you well, think I, about I, that. But I, I agree. And the, par- and the party, though, I, don't, I think the party is already defunct for all, for all practical purposes. That doesn't sure. mean their candidate won't win the election. But as a party, as a party, as a mechanism, and as the, in the absence of a unifying set of principles that make one a Republican or not, because there are a unifying set of principles until so, maybe I didn't get the memo, but I believe there are a unifying set of principles that, that define who and what is conservative and what is not and who is not. But as far as that equivalent for a Republican, I think that's defunct already. Right, I agree. I agree with that. But and, and ultimately, somewhere along the line, these two sides have to come together. And I think uh, that's why I think that this uh, endorsement could draw some 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 punches from Cruz, or if nothing else, from his people that could um, really hurt him in the long term. Really uh, alienate a group of people that that you know we're going to need to come along for the ride. I think what Cruz needs to do on his next big interview is uh, to sort of reset the bromance, not with Trump himself, but with Trump's people. I think he needs to uh, talk to his own people, myself being one of them, and really lay out that, you know, that this is an American thing, so to speak. He needs to lean it toward the patriotism, lean it toward the right. the nationalism. Although start- in this fight, Jacob, he's been a veritable Neville Chamberlain compared to Trump. I mean, you know, it's, it was. It, I thought from the body language, it was fairly clear to me. I don't know. I don't. Still don't know. But if you ask me, who wanted to start the fight, or who relished it more, as of last Friday, which is apparently where it's pretty much evidently where it's dated to, about pretty much last Friday, it looks to me just from body language and everything else, it was Trump that wanted to, you know, if you reduce it to a schoolyard fight, you can tell in the first five 
seconds, the first half a second, who it is that wants to fight and who doesn't. And even if both want to fight, there is still generally a gap, you know, but of, there's a belligerence gap one way or the other. Someone, someone wants to fight and they both want to fight, then someone wants more to fight than the guy who wants simply to fight. And I, 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 it seems to me here, that doesn't mean it's the same thing as who it benefits, but it didn't look to me like Cruz was the one who really, you know, relished the fight, at least at this I, moment. I agree with that completely, and that's why I think he needs to talk right through Trump to his people, and I also think that it may not be seen by what Cruz is doing, but a lot of his supporters, myself being one of them, are such vehement supporters that there's damage being done behind the scenes that isn't coming directly from him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I Jacob, think a good evidence. I, I, I'm, grateful, I'm grateful for the Sterling contribution, and let me leave you with a question that perhaps someone else on the other side will pick up. I just tweeted something during the break, and I said, if Donald Trump wins any state, is it because people are no longer conservative? Or is it because they think that we must beat Hillary and that Trump stands for all his flaws, for all his non-conservatism, and for all of uh, Ted Cruz's virtues, the one thing is the only thing. Who, and where have you heard this before, in the end, who can beat Clinton? This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. These are my partners. By the way, you know I rarely, never really say this other than joking. This is the first moment there have been lines available on the show today. And there are calls. We have partners on the phone, but we have, for the first time since we opened the show, we have uh, some lines available. If you want to grab them, 1-888-900-3393. Donna. Uh, also made an excellent point via Twitter during the break. Trump wanted the thrill and the rush of the fight. So she's saying between Trump and Cruz, it was Trump. She doesn't say, Donna doesn't say he started it, but she says he relished it more. Now, I certainly agree with her, as Afor said. Here's the most important thing I think Donna says. But Rubio... And the Republican Party wanted the fight the most. Donna, platinum star. I think Donna's absolutely right. <clears throat> Yesterday, at the end of the show, my penultimate question was, who started it and why? And then I said, but tomorrow we're going to discuss could it hurt them both 
and offer help for others. Pursuant to Donna's insinuation, this is everything that Bush has ever planned for. To be the one with the most money, well, he doesn't have more money than Bush, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Trump, but to have the one with the most money in the establishment and hang on while the others eat each other. This is what Rubio has hoped for. This is why John Kasich is now in evidently solid second place. Did you blink? Did you miss that? John Kasich, that dork, is in second place behind Trump in New Hampshire. This is what they've all prayed for, is that the big dogs would wound and eat each other. Jenny from San Diego, thank you for your uh, gracious patience. Hi. Hi. Are you there? Oh, I'm so nervous. I sure am. Sorry. I'm here. Um, I, I had a question, and it popped in my head mostly because... Jenny, of, are um, we old enough to vote, or... Uh, yes, are you calling from the are you calling from the front seat of like your mom's car <laughs> where you're this the first time you're no. using the phone or do you just sound like you're 11? <laughs> I sound like I'm 11 and I look about 18. I'm 30. Yeah, you know, it's only okay if you like that sort of thing. And wait a second, and you're from San Diego? Let me put these things together and see if I can come up with a J profile. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm actually your fan that um, posted a Circus Maximus photo. I was a former circus performer. Oh, were you? Yes. In what uh, In what specialty? I was an aerialist. Really? Uh, uh, yes. Trapeze? Rope? Uh... No, fabric. Aerial silk. Oh, uh, sorry? Uh, fabric with aerial silks. Fabric, fabric. Okay, okay. Uh, that's, you know, how many, well, let's mark this down. You're the first aerialist who's ever called the show. See, we can be conservative too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jenny, so what's on your mind? Um, This hit me because of how Bristol had posted such an inflammatory blog. And my thought was maybe Ted didn't want to have Sarah's backing because she's kind of a train wreck and his campaign is based on trust. You're saying, I'm sorry, whose campaign is based on trust? So Ted Cruz's campaign is based on trust. So I, I don't get that. Really I'm not go. saying not he's not trustworthy or the most trustworthy even, uh, Jenny, but I am but I saying, boy, if control. I had to name the, the virtues that I think are driving voters cruise voters to cruise, I wouldn't say, you know, trustworthiness is it. I would say that he's, again, among cruise voters, I would say that he's the conservative in the race. Yeah. And my, my thought was she's kind of harder to control. She, you can't, she's not going to be overly, like, consistent when we talk to her. Right. You know. Well, I think she's so, going to be consistently mortifying. But Yes. Uh, you know, but 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 if if someone came to me and said you have a you have a uh, an email here from Jenny and she is still with the circus 
and she's an aerialist, and she wants to film a commercial for you. And I'd say, guys, is this the way to go? Is it is the endorsement of a beautiful aerialist from the circus going to help me with conservative voters? And then the guy with the really thick glasses raises his hand and says, yes, sir, it looks like it will get you six points. I say, get those cameras to Jenny. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I think that Trump, is willing to do, uh, you know, and I'm not saying Cruz isn't. Almost anything, hey, let's face it, would Cruz not have given, if they in, if Sarah Palin had called him yesterday, or two nights ago, Jenny, and said, I'm going to get on a plane tomorrow afternoon, and I'm coming to Iowa, and I'm going to get off the plane, and I'm going to endorse Trump, unless you offer me the number two spot or a cabinet position. Because, Jenny, we haven't talked about what did Sarah want and what did Sarah get. My my understanding from the rumors around campus, so to speak, Jenny, is that what she wants is to be Secretary of Energy. That would make sense. And it, it would, for her, make a lot of sense. She's from Alaska, all of that. <clears throat> I'm not sure that a lot, a lot of people right now might be like reaching for the razor blades hearing that. But if I tell you that she might have demanded or been offered at least serious consideration of the vice presidential spot, you'd gargle the razor blades instead of, you know, <laughs> you'd, 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 you'd want to give her the cabinet position in energy tomorrow, you know, rather than think of her in the number two spot, or a lot of us anyway. Very true. Yeah, no, so there's always the politics to consider. This is always like a duck. You know, the duck is looks very Pacific crossing the water, and but paddling like hell underneath, right? You know, this political thing, it always looks like it's all simple and easy and one-dimensional, and it's all falling into place. Meanwhile, the you know, the bargaining over the fence for this stuff. I mean, Trump's political director is formally Palin's political director. Or McCain's, I forget which. So, you know, Jenny, we hear that and we nod our heads and say, aha. So there's a lot here we don't yet know. But one thing I know is that if my career ended tomorrow, I have gotten a call from a beautiful circus aerialist from San Diego. And there are a lot of people people who will never be able to claim that. So I hope I'm able to claim it again. I appreciate your call. Uh, I'm awaiting the photos. Ah, <laughs> kidding. Not. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jenny just sent me a photograph of her working in costume as a fabric aerialist. And and, and Jenny, you will have to forgive me this. I, I just it's the wise guy in me. I, I you know you can't just breed the stuff out in one generation. Where you know fabric aerialist. It just sounds to me, I, mean, I grew up in New York, and 
Fabric aerialist sounds to me like the first two words of a Village Voice personal ad. Uh, Fabric aerialist seeks older man with money for friendship and possible uh, silent murder and inheritance of his fortune or something like that. I'm just dreaming, though. No, Jenny, it's a it's a lovely picture, and you've you've by, without question raised the aesthetic quotient of this show. Especially if you could, if we had pictures of the host, you raised the aesthetic quotient of the show, uh, you know, enormously. So thank you. As for everyone who did not receive Jenny's picture of her in costume performing. Uh, a veritable split as a fabric aerialist. Suffer! Grayson from Arizona, welcome. Hey, Guru Jay. Holy cow! Holy, Holy cow. cow, thank you. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, I uh, felt, uh, you know, I, I followed uh, Sarah Palin. You know, I've had to hold my nose here with the two senators I have. I really miss Senator Kyle. That was an outstanding senator we had. I remember John Kyle, sure. Yep. Yeah, great conservative. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been uh, kind of dealt the hand we have. But, uh, you know, I've, as I saw Sarah Palin, and I saw a lot of the things that she was up against, and I saw how she rose and took on you know, big oil, big government, had all these values. It, it just stands in stark contrast. She didn't take on big how, hair, though, did she? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but sorry. I, I think, I, but I think, and then, and then you hear you have Trump, who uses big government, who utilizes and big hair, everything, and big hair. Great, and and I just see these. I, I'm. I'm just baffled, completely baffled, and I'm, and I really feel like my world is getting smaller. Like, like the blaze. I, I, I know your world is getting smaller. smaller. You know why? I know your world is getting smaller because about fourteen years ago, I had a little libertarian, a little future libertarian, of the age you have that I'm hearing in the background of a lovely sound mm-hmm. right now, and and once you become, I, I don't know that that he or she is your first. But once you become a daddy, your world becomes a lot smaller, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it's a, a much more lovely place to inhabit. But, I don't know, maybe bigger. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe because bigger, but whatever. You know, the phenomenon of being a parent. Once you're a mommy or a daddy, your worldview changes. Or maybe it doesn't. Dramatically. It, no, 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 that's not true. It does. I don't care what you thought before. You yeah. drive to that hospital, and it's you and it's you, and your lovely wife. And then in a couple of hours, you're to quote Bill Murray in Lost in Translation. And then you know in a couple hours, quote your life, as you've known it, is gone mm-hmm. forever. Over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, keep up the great well, work, sir. So where does that wait? But before I let you go, so where does that okay. where does that leave you, Grayson? I mean, okay, so you've been close to it. You see her again, uh, uh, but she's not running. Uh, although I think you're going to get her in some form. She didn't do this for right. free. So right. it's not like you've seen the last of her. 
That's a fan. Yeah. That's a fantasy that exceeds my photos here of Jenny. Jenny, just kidding, kidding. Uh, uh, you know, you're going to get her whether you like her or not. But that's not really the point. The point is she's endorsed Trump. Does it mean anything to you? And or do you think it means enough to the people in in Iowa that it's going to be a difference maker? I don't think it is at all. I don't think it's going to be a difference maker at all. No, but I think to me it's it's lowered who I thought she was, you know, really? and what I thought she stood for. But I think wow, so he lowered for, her in your view, right? Yeah. Okay. And, well, you know, and I and I've I've said before on uh, on your show and others, you know, I'm a Cruz guy, I, I'm an, and I'm a Car- Carson guy because they're principled. They they yeah. stand for principles, and I really like Matt Matt Walsh's piece. And you know, if you haven't read it, uh, I, I have it. Out, but it, and by the way, it, uh, I buy. Well, well, I just sorry. want everyone to know, uh, in other caps, I buy. Trump, I mean, I, I, how do I say this again? I don't want to overstate this, but I, I know Donald Trump and, and I mean, now I'm going to walk that back. I am an acquaintance. Now I want to walk that back. I, I have known him through family members, one of whom was his lawyer. Uh, and so, and I've known him, so, uh, I've met him in social occasions. I know what it's like to stand there and drink with him at a party. And I think that's pretty neat, you know. I mean, just just for anybody that's noteworthy, I find interesting people interesting, even if I don't agree with them, you know. And and so I don't know exactly how to state it without overblowing it and sound like I'm name dropping because, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. But I have a sense of who this guy is because maybe more important than those things I've just mentioned. I was born and grew up in New York. I lived there until 15 years ago. I lived, I grew up with Donald Trump. You know, when I picked up the New York Post in front of my front door every morning with the other newspapers, Donald Trump was on the cover about three days a week. You know, uh, 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 I remember Marla Maples. Do you remember Marla Maples? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember Marla Maples tugging on my T-shirt and asking me how much longer I was going to be on that Stairmaster. At the Vertical Club in Manhattan. This is a true story. The Vertical Club was net, was in the same building as my office and owned by the same builder that owned my office, Abe Hirschfeld, who was later my client, who ran for governor. He owned the Vertical Club. He owned my office building I was in. And I was at the Vertical Club and Marla Maples tugged on my T-shirt and said, pardon me. She was just as sweet as possible and and beautiful, and so I mean, it just being the whole Trumpian thing, you know. I've I've grown up with, and when he says, "Look," I mean, I think the most cogent line he offers, Grayson, is the one that I think he's smart to repeat, and that is, and I heard it as recently as last night in an interview. Look, for the first sixty years of my life. I was a businessman. Now I'm a politician. You know, who'd have thought? It's a completely different racket, completely different business. But when I was a businessman, I needed to demonstrably support everybody. I needed to get along with everybody. I needed to make deals with everybody. I needed everybody to think I was their friend. 
I needed to give money to every politician. I needed to support, you know, to the degree I could, everybody. I had partners I had to make happy. I needed I had bankers I had to make happy. I had the public I had to meet. You know what, Grayson? I buy this. The reason I mentioned this whole background of growing up in New York and growing up with Trump and all of this is that, see, I really buy that. I don't know if he means it, but it's true. It may be coincidentally true whether or not he means yeah. it, but it's it's true. I buy that argument. So, okay, yeah. if I'm my, willing... My, my full disclosure, I, I'm a, I agree with you for, for full disclosure. I believe that he would have to do that to, to do good business, but... When of he course. was manipulating, man, manipulating things, uh, stretching. How are you going to do business in New York City? The boundaries of law, and it's just like you know what? I don't, I don't need that. I don't want it anymore. We, we're, we're already past that with this yeah. administration. Man, how are you going to do business in New York City, especially at that level? How are you going to get permits to do anything? You couldn't build a garden shed in New York yeah. with, without you know. Said. So I mean, of course, yeah, Glenn, but Glenn said what he had to spend seven seven figure what six figures to put in two doors or something in a studio right, in New York, right? You know, right, exactly. it's, it's unbelievable. And that, that's unbelievable. everywhere. That's top to bottom. You know, yeah. but if we say, and reasonable people among us who don't or don't yet, I, I'm not, I'm not insinuating anything here, but wherever we are with Trump, if we are generous enough. To, to suspend judgment and say, all right, Donald, I buy that. It's also incumbent on us, it seems to me, to say, I buy that, but now I want to see your conservatism. I you I forgive you. I absolve. Te absolvo. Go. Go and sin no more. I, I absolve you of all your support and relationships with Liberals, the worst people in the world, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, uh, Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, all the worst evil people in the world. I forgive you all of it. But now that you want to be president of the United States and you're running as a Republican, show me that you are a conservative. Because you know what? We've got a real conservative here. So if you want to run in the same race and win then you have to show me conservative and you have to show me real conservative. You have to show me now and you don't, you can't ask me for blind faith because I don't need to ta- you know, I don't need to make a blind faith bet with my mortgage. I've already got a known conservative right here in my hand, Ted Cruz. If you want to pry me loose from Ted Cruz, good luck. But the first step is show me your conservative. Jay Severin. And partners, Mary being one from Indianapolis. Now, if you, I might have said India, no place, but out of respect to you, I'm not. But I would remind you that that's where my kin are from. 
So I would I, I would say it with uh, with good grace and spirit. Mary, welcome. I think you're talking to this Mary it's Laporte, Indiana. Yes, ma'am. Well, the fa- my family farm is uh, oh, yeah? we receive no government subsidies is in Duggar, Indiana. If you happen to know where that is, I've heard of it. <laughs> I'm surprised, Mary. I'm caller Jay. Thank but you, I Mary. I listen Thank to you, you all the time, you and Buck and that. So, Thank but you, I man. just want to say you pretty well uh, laid it out the way I feel about Sarah Palin. She's got a motive, and as far as uh, Donald Trump, he's all about himself. I can do this. I can do that. He's so stuck on himself; it's sickening. I can't hardly hear stand his voice or Obama's. Ted Cruz is my man. He's been from the Mine first. Too. Two- Heard him speak. Well, I agree. I'm just looking at a worst case scenario, Mary. If we end up with a choice between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, or and it's looking like there's a for the first time a delightful chance that Clinton's in real trouble. But let's ignore that for the moment. If it ends up between uh, any Democrat and and Trump. We're going to be faced with a heck of a choice. And or not vote. Well, that's a choice too though, Mary, is it not? Not not voting is is a vote. Well, that's true. You give it to somebody, huh? Yeah, exactly right. You're you're diminishing actually by two when you think about it, a factor of two. What um I and I agree with you. I, I agree with you about Palin and Trump. I was thinking last night, I I, I meant to put it in my notes, you know, this is the first time that one plus one equals one. (laughs) I mean, I just don't think that there was anything there. But I'm I'm not the person they're aiming this at. You're not the person they're aiming this at because we have a firm conclusion based on, you know, beliefs. Uh, why yeah. we're for somebody else. They, they're yeah. aiming this at, at somebody, at another group. And in the end, Mary, all that will matter is, all the, after all of, you know, today is like one of the most enjoyable and smartest shows I've ever been a part of. But at the whole end of all of this, all of everything we've talked about still comes down to what uh, I and a lot of people tweeted last night, which is essentially the same message, and that is, Will people who weren't going to vote for Trump now vote for Trump because of the Sarah Palin endorsement? I don't know the answer to that. If if the answer is yes, it was a smart decision, ipso facto. If no, it was a dumb decision, and we just don't yet know. Yeah, and Jay, you know what? Donald Trump's one that started cutting Cruz down, and he finally started standing up for himself. I think you're probably right. There's there's nothing in this that suggests to me that it looks like, you know, there's no evidence that suggests that Cruz started this fight. There's certainly no, no evidence, Mary, that Cruz benefited from it so far. Uh, if anything, you know, I'm surprised at how clear-cut it seems to have been so far who benefited. Mary, from my kinfolks home place of Indiana... To you across the nation, see you tomorrow. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.